Episode number 30 of the podcast is with John Lucas. John is the Head of Fitness and Conditioning at Berry. And John joined us to talk about how to balance your time throughout a season, his top advice to students who are looking to get into football, and how to what approach to take going into a new season after relegation. So the approach that they took, and that obviously led to um, promotion the following season. So we talked through exactly what they did, how they approached it going into a pre-season period. So it's great to have John on. Um, please, as always, get in touch. Let us know how you found the episode. Um, and massive thank you for all the feedback on the previous episode with Darren Burgess. It's been amazing to see all the people that have listened to the episode. Um, the feedback's been incredible. So thank you very much for that. Uh, if you could do us a massive favor and head over to iTunes. If you've not got much time, just click the five stars. And if you've got a little bit more time, just give us a little bit of feedback if you could take some of the feedback that you've sent over and posted on social media and put that onto iTunes, that would be amazing. Um, but thank you again for everyone who's got in touch and let us know um, about the episode with Darren. It was great to have him on. Hopefully we'll get him on again in the future. Enjoy the episode with John. Welcome to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. Today I'm joined by the Head of Fitness and Conditioning at Berry, John Lucas. John, how's things? Good, thank you. Obviously, just off the, the back of a nice promotion, it's been a long sort of 10-month season. Um, so, yeah, things are, things are good. Yeah, massive congratulations, mate. I saw all the, uh, the celebrations. It looked like it was heading into a bit of a wild night, that one. Um, it, it, it was okay. It, well, it wasn't too <laughs> bad. It, it wasn't too bad. Obviously, it's been difficult sort of six, eight weeks, as you know, which we're not obviously going to go into, but... Um, from a club point of view, but on the pitch, yeah, it's been it's been really good, really successful, and you know the, the lads have been un- unbelievable really this year, and they, they got and achieved what they what we set out to achieve and, and what they fully deserved really. Yeah, amazing, amazing achievement, and uh, I know you got some stuff you want to touch on today that will sort of show how how good that an achievement that has been this season. So, do you want to kick us off, mate? Do you want to start take us through your background and then up to obviously I just mentioned your role that you're in now. So take us up to current day. Yes, it was 2007, 2008. So make me sound sound really old now. Um, started off obviously at Rochdale, um, working with, with Keith Hill and Dave Flitcroft. Um, did four years at, at Rochdale, um, and obviously then when Keith went across to to Barnsley, um, I went across to to Barnsley with with him and, and Dave. Did three seasons with uh, Barnsley when they were in the, the championship. Um, that summer, um, decided to go across the Berry. Also, I was at, um, at Barnsley, obviously with Northern Ireland under 16s for a little bit for a couple of their Victory Shield games. Um, obviously, the year when when I left Barnsley, went across, like I said earlier, then just to um, to Berry. Um, so that was the last time they actually got promoted before um, this season. So they obviously got promoted from League Two to League One the year that I did there. Um, at that point, um, I decided in the summer to, um, rightly or wrongly, um, wisely or stupidly, um, take a job at the University of Bolton um, to become an academic over there. So lecturing on their um, sports rehabilitation degree. Um, whilst I was obviously at the uni, um, to be fair, it actually probably gave me the the main time to start looking into other sports. Um, around obviously our practice and 
and almost reflect on what I'd done them previous eight seasons before going to the uni. Um, to be fair, it, it, the uni was the uni itself is quite a forward-thinking uni in a sense of sport, and they're very much like this um, practitioner lecturer sort of model. Um, so it's all right being still at the front and saying, "Well, you know, this happens, this happens, this happens." When you know if you've not been in practice, you can't really stand there in front of you know aspiring you know students if you've not actually been in, in the trenches almost. And, and also whilst I was at the uni, they allowed me to continue doing little bits of work within sport as well. Um, also, whilst at the uni, um, I was also part of the research team that looked into the Super League injury audit. So I can just thank, you know, Anna Fitzpatrick, uh, Adam Naylor and Dr. Colin Robertson, who are part of that team. Um, so I worked on that for the three years that I was there with them, looking at um, the injury data for the Super League and sort of collaborating reports at the end of each season and, and, and sort of helping them guys on that. So that was a really interesting to look at a complete different sport, um, a complete different angle. And, and obviously from a, a research point of view, it sort of made you appreciate um, sort of what they're trying to do in rugby league and how they're trying to sort of develop the game and the way they're looking at an injury prevention point of view and sort of what are the, the causes of these injuries. Um, also, I was, well, I was at the uni. Um, did little bits of work with with sort of Wigan, Fylde, uh, and a little bit with Shrewsbury, which was good. And also liaising with with other clubs um, from a, a placement point of view as well, and trying to sort of get more students into clubs and try and develop their their learning as a student. Um, and then <clears throat> as I came to sort of the end of that third year um, at the university, I was fortunate enough to go <laughs> quite random how it came along, but get a phone call on. Um, a Friday, and then on the Sunday morning, I was going over to Korea um, to work with GB Taekwondo for uh, two weeks. And again, that was brilliant. The university let me go out there and work with, you know, Olympic level athletes, you know, like Bianca Ward and Jade Jones. And obviously, to work out in Korea in, in the Olympic Village um, was it was an unbelievable experience, really. Um, and then it brought obviously back to sort of <laughs> this time last summer and. Um, Obviously, Ryan Lowe had been instilled as the, the full-time manager at, at Berry, um, And obviously, I'd worked with Ryan previously as a, as a player. Uh, ran me up and tried to convince me to come back. And, you know, 12 months on, we, we've had a really, really good season. And I certainly enjoyed um, being back day-to-day basis of a, of a football club. And <clears throat> obviously, it's been a, a very successful season. So to take you back, John, to, well, a year ago, when the club suffer relegation, what for you to then go into a pre-season period? What is your approach, and how did you guys approach that? Um, I think, I think because obviously you know people who know me know that I'm a Berry fan, um, and obviously I'd, I'd, I'd watched that season as a, as a fan, um, especially with sort of a little bits of testing we did at the university for the club, and obviously my other half being head of media at the club as well. So you know, most I, I saw every single game. So I think it was a it was a case of you know what we saw on the pitch that year season, taking a step back and and, and sort of looking at it, more of a, a global sort of outlook. And okay, so what are we doing? We're doing X, Y, and Z. Well, let's let's almost get back to basics you know let's <clears throat> the manager had a clear idea of how he wanted to play in a sense of a style um, he knew that he, and, and everyone that's seen us and sees that we're quite expansive and, and we like to play in, in a sense of 
our style and, and ultimately to play that style of, you know, what he plays in the sense of a three-five-two, you need to run. Uh, you, you know, you can't get around that. If you're an expansive open, open team, you, you need to run. So let's let's strip it back. What are the key things we need to do? Well, they need to be fit. Okay, so, so how do we achieve that? Do we achieve that by being specific over non-specific? Last year, they had, they had a lot of injuries, so we need to make the players robust. Um, how do we make them robust? By getting them fit, getting them strong. And obviously, you know, obviously it's, it's caught with a bit of Tim Gabbert's work. Um, and obviously, in, incorporate that into adequate recovery. So the, the first things we looked at was, let, well, let's get back to basics. Let's get back to doing a basic um, training regime. So let's keep quite a normal, consistent week. So I know I've, uh, there's a lot of people tying with, with different days off and sort of, you know, when to load, when not to load. And so we thought, well, let's stick to a basic traditional football week. So if you've got the game on the Sunday, you give them, they'll be off on the, sorry, if you've got a game on the Saturday, you're off on the Sunday. Um, we're in train Monday, train Tuesday, off Wednesday, train obviously Thursday and, and, and train Friday, match prep for your match. Your match. So we, we strip the week back to really, really basic, really, really simple. And we also thought that they're keeping the, the week consistent as well. So win, lose or draw, um, you're off on that Sunday. Let's not start, you know, being reactive. Let's try and be proactive to things and, and don't, you know, if one result doesn't go our way, don't start changing what we do as a, as a, as a schedule, as a week. Um, so that they're one of the first few things we looked at. We understand that obviously we needed to run, so we need, it needs to be a, a strong base of, from a training regime point of view, we knew that there was going to be large, large times at, of uh, running involved. And sometimes that can be with the ball, that can be without the ball, you know, because at the end of the day, we, it's going to sound really old school, this, but the game hasn't changed. You know, everyone's trying to think different ways of recreating the wheel and things like that, but do the basics well. Um, and we knew that to play the formation that the manager wanted and the style they wanted that the players had to run so you know we had we had days when certain running drills when the lads won't touch a ball you know people could say that's potentially old school but ultimately it's a fundamental of, of the game but then we also incorporated um, more sort of specific running drills so with the ball so we you know there, there was even one session where you know we took lads to Heaton Park and we did hill runs to me, again, some might look at that and go, it's very old school, it's very... But at the end of the day, power's power and strength is strength at the end of the day. Whichever way you, you gloss it up, you know, how are we, how we going to develop strength and power by running up a big hill? You know, oh, yeah, you are. You know, just because it's not got a ball with it doesn't mean it's not going to have the desired output at the end of, the, end of you know, where you want to get to. Um, same with, with sort of our gym, our gym sort of programme. We, we, we brought it back to a really simple basic week of you know when we can within the schedules and within a two game week we know we can lift on a Tuesday we know we can lift on a Thursday <clears throat> do we make that a blanket approach no we don't it's it's very much specific to the player you know for example what I te- what I treat and I just think about some of our, our younger players you know Ryan Cooney Callum Styles, and um, people like that would I treat them the same as what I treat Neil Dans no you wouldn't you know Dans he's played over 500 league games so even though we've gone a traditional week, we still go individualised with our actual programme design. Um, and then just really trying to improve small little areas around the, around the sort of the way the players act and the way we train. And, and I think, 
at the end of the day, it's massive. From our point of view as a support staff, if the key thing for us is getting buy-in from the players and also buy-in from the manager. You know, um, and, and I was fortunate enough this year that the manager brought me in for a reason and, and, and trust me as a member of staff to, to deliver almost. And, you know, there are some days when we'll go, Gaff, we want to do X, Y and Z and he lets us crack on. And I think that's massively important. And that sort of filtered down from, from into the players as well. well if, if the Gaff is backing everything, you know, they're going to buy in a little bit more. And, and we were fortunate enough that the changes we did make this year, um, the, the, the players did buy in and, but that always helps when it's set up from the top and the fact that from the top it's consistent. So win, lose or draw, we know that, you know, we're always going to be off on a Wednesday. You know, that, you know, unfortunately with us, and again, it's, it's right or wrong. We've done it different ways in over the years. But if we've got a game on a Tuesday, the manager trusted the players and empowered the players that they'll do the right thing. And he was quite big on, on, on family time. And so we'd never drag the lads in on a Sunday if we had a game on the Tuesday. Because, you know, his view is, you know, trust the lads, trust the lads to do it. And sometimes mentally being away from the place helps and, you know, it's important to spend time with family and then we're, and then we're back on it on a, on a, on a Monday. Um, one thing he was, he was, he was, he was quite good with was on a 48-hour recovery was the fact that lads wouldn't train on the, the Monday. Lads who have played on the Saturday wouldn't train on the, the Monday. And again, he was really consistent with that, win, lose or draw. Um, yeah, the lads might come out, have a little jog and a stretch. It wouldn't always be recovery-based inside. But again, once they've done that warm-up or they've had a little jog and a stretch or maybe they've had a little bo- a box or something like that, they can then go in. It's not a case of, all well, if we've got beat, you know, well, that's it. You know, excuse my language, but fuck it, they're all training. And I, and I think that was a, a massive sort of buy-in for the lads and helped massively from our point of view with the, with the, the things um, we try to implement. I think it's great to speak like this, and, it, and I think it shows as well that the things that you, that yourself and the gaffer have put in place, it's and I don't know what it was like before, but it shows a change in culture as well, doesn't it? Because everything you you spoke about, you've justified, and it sounds like everything that the gaffer puts in place, he justifies as well, which is a big part of putting anything in, into play, isn't it? But it sounds like the culture and the, and the players really bought into everything that you were doing. And it's obviously showed with the result that, that you guys have gone up. Yeah, I think culture's everything. And, and certainly off the back of, and it's something we spoke about a lot as, as staff, is once you're in a losing mentality, you know, we're not going to gloss it up. Barry was a losing mentality this time last year. They, they were relegated to like four or five games um, before the season ended certainly obviously as a fan I'd never seen certain things that had gone on the way the fans reacted to certain players so the culture was it was massive um, and we had to change that losing mentality and and even you know when you look at our first few games you know we didn't start off amazingly you know um, we did lose a couple of games um, but the gaffer stuck by his guns and, and you know, we've listened to a lot of lads in the press as well and they'll say the same thing is he stuck by his guns, he stuck by his staff in a sense of, you know, if we say we're doing X and Y, he, he left, he backed us to do it because he, he end of the day, that's why he's, he brings his staff in and he trusts his staff to do the job that they want to do. And also he, he sticks by his guns in his philosophy of how he wants to play. And to change a cult, cu- culture's massive. You know, you, you, you've only got to read 
um, obviously legacy and and you know the All Blacks and it's no knobheads and your dressing room once it, it, once your dressing room's together and if you can get it on a run, momentum's massive and sometimes there's the you know there's no stopping that. So so for me, setting the environment, setting the culture, which the gaffer did from from the first day of preseason and how we laid things out and. It can take you a long, long, long way. But how how did it change change so um, drastically, John? Though in that short a period. So with like the last few games of the previous season, with you saying like all the play, the players getting abuse from fans, and obviously the dressing room's not going to be the best place in the world to be in at that time. So the following season, and basically weeks later, isn't it that? It's a fresh, and we go again, and then you end up with the results you've ended up with this season. Well, he basically started as a clean slate, so you forget about last year and, and what happened, and everyone's on a on a fresh slate, fresh start, and you know he, rec- he recruited really well in the people he brought in the building, and and this, not about just saying me here, but the, the staff he brought in epitomised what the gaffer wanted, and were very similar and. You know, everyone started on the same page, and let's get it right. Barry should have never gone down the year before. Uh, again, I'm probably speaking as a fan there. Um, on paper, it, it should have never gone down. Um, and, and the gaffer just galvanised the whole club. You know, there was a real togetherness, and obviously, anyone that's in the last few weeks has seen the togetherness at the club. Um, and he, like I say, he just galvanised, empowered the player. Um, made them more ownership of what they were going to do, and and no excuses, you know, no excuses, because at the end of the day, you know, you know yourself as supposed to be do everything for the players, you know, to give them no excuse that when they, you know, so technically, tactically, physically, they're, they're ready for them just to then go express themselves on a on a Saturday or a Tuesday. So to go into your role a little bit more, John. So obviously, um, we've mentioned about your title. What are some of your biggest daily challenges that you face or the biggest challenges you face this season? Um, I mean, challenges, there's quite a lot. Um, on, a, on, a, on a day-to-day, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's quite a big title for someone that is basic fitness coach. Let's, let's not get it wrong, you know. Um, would we like to do a Premier League service? Yeah, of course I would. Um, I'm a very limited in what we've got, um, extremely. Um, you know, like I said, from a staff point of view, from a medical and fitness side, there's two of us, uh, myself and a uh, physio. Um, are there more things we'd like to do? Yeah. Um, is it brilliant having the training ground we've got? Yeah, it is good at Carrington, don't get me wrong. And, and you do hear people go, well, you've got a Premier League training ground. It's, it's, Premier, League's bri- it's Premier League bricks and mortar at the end of the day. Okay, yeah, if City were in it still, would it be any di- would it be different? It'd be completely different. Um, so so ultimately to come back to the sort of stuff we talked about right at the beginning, it's more let's get back to just do do the basics. So we 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 have a very basic, simple, con- consistent week. The lads know when they're gonna be in the gym, they know when they're gonna be on recovery, you know, they know that every morning there's gonna be a, an activation session or a prehab session or a yoga session. Um, so we keep it consistent and, and keep it simple you know really, I think <clears throat> certainly when you're in sort of league two league one it's about getting the 90% things right you know a lot of people go on about marginal gains and 
it's about the one percenters in the sort of lower leagues and I class that from League One downwards I don't think it is about marginal gains I really don't I think when you get to Championship Premier League unbelievable certainly you know it is about them 1% and the marginal gains and things like that but I think certainly at our levels of League League One League Two it's it's about the 90% so let's get the 90% of things right Um so yeah, we are quite consistent in what we do. Um, so like I say, most most mornings there's always going to be a 10, 15 minute activation session um, that the lads all go through, which we do as a very generic um, group session, um, which again can, can vary from proprioception, some band activations, obviously the bike, um, just to get them going a little bit. Um, and then potentially some yoga stuff as well. So, and again, but we're only looking at sort of four or five really simple um, exercises. And that you know, we're not we're, we're not trying to glorify it. You know, there's method in why we do it. Um, but again, it's really really simple. And and at times, you know what? It can be quite boring. It, you know, it can be quite boring for players. But fortunately enough, they bought into it. They understood why they were doing it. And they understand there's there was a method behind it rather than just to say we've done it. Um, then obviously then we, <clears throat> we, we, we always, we're quite flexible in what we're doing depending on the, the design of the week um, in a sense of what we do um, actually out on the grass. Um, and again, we're quite fortunate that the manager gives us um, quite a bit of leeway in that in a sense of time and, and things like that. As long as you can see there's a method behind it and there's a reason behind it, um, then, then, then he's quite happy for us to as a as a as a as a, as a, as a sort of a coaching staff and you know this this ties in you know your coaches your assistant manager um and things like that because ultimately i can create the, the best looking periodized plan on on an excel document with different colors and things like that and it look brilliant but if the manager doesn't support it at the top or he comes in on that that tuesday morning and, and we say right we're going to do this and he goes no it's, it's pretty pointless, isn't it, really? So, so, so I've been fortunate enough in, in that sense that the manager um, supports that and backs that and, you know, very supported by very good coaches around him who, who are, again, all on the same page and of, of, of what we need to be, what a player looks like. Um, and that's something that, obviously, the manager and himself, prior to me coming in, set out and creating a sort of a DNA for what they see a, a Berry player looking like. Um then I've said to train, we always, and obviously, like I said earlier, we, we always do, a, we'll do a Tuesday and a Thursday gym. Um, again, quite traditional, really, in a sense of, you know, lower limb strength on a Tuesday. And obviously, we then look at, at, at power on a Thursday. Um, other roles based around that is obviously um, your warm-ups, um, any, condi- any grass-based conditioning, um, all the recovery strategies, obviously, you know, downloading and, and analysing GPS. Um that we use and and sort of but again you know we only use gps for training we've got a manager that doesn't really want gps wearing in um games now before i came in there was there was no gps and i'm unfortunate that that vx sport have obviously assisted us in this um because obviously we need everything at the first few weeks was very subjective and we obviously needed some more objective markers against our training um, from a from a management point of view, in a sense of good and bad. So you know, are we are we are we doing too much? Are we not doing enough? Um, but obviously, the manager was quite adamant that he didn't want um, GPS wearing in games because he never liked wearing it as a as a player. And you know, for for any sort of 
you know, student or young practitioner, I think sometimes you've got to pick your battles. Um, initially, he didn't want GPS in. Um, after having conversations, he went along with it. Obviously, the fact that we got our system for free on loan for the season to help us was, was a big um, sort of emphasis on it because obviously, you know, we didn't have the cash to, to be able to buy one. So, um, you know, and it, it was a battle that we weren't going to pick. He's happy in training but doesn't want him in games. Um, and then obviously there's anything sort of nutritionally um, any requirements that's speaking with the caterers about food and, and sort of you know our, our schedules um, and sort of another thing that we sort of that I do is liaise with the um, with Thomas Cook Sport so obviously we organise when we're doing let's say overnight stays so which hotel we stay at and so I liaise with them based around our travel and our preparation for whether it should be a pre-match or whether it be a overnight stay there would be a lot of other coaches in a similar situation to you, John, where they're having to do, they, they have all these sorts of responsibilities and, and sometimes more as well. But how, what's your advice for, like, how do you balance your time? It's tough at times. It's tough. I think, again, I know I talk about consistency a lot, but anything we've done and anything we've started off doing on, in a training week, um, we have we've kept consistent pretty much throughout the season, so there's no point coming in saying you know you're gonna do we're gonna do X Y and Z. So I don't know. Let's for example, let's think <clears throat> we're gonna you know we're gonna Osmo every player every morning. Um, we're then gonna do let's say pre and post weights um, for a replenishment point of view, um, and then you're all gonna do wellness. And then after two weeks, um, the wellness carries on. Osmos are inconsistent and you've started doing pre and post weights. Whereas pretty much from, from day one, uh, the start of pre-season, our scheduling, our design of how a week looks has been consistent. So don't set out to think, well, we're going to recreate the wheel. Because ultimately, in my opinion, in League 1 and 2, you're not going to recreate the wheel. Because first of all, you've not got staff. Secondly, you've not got the, the budget. And again, when I come back to that, let's get the 90% of things right. Let's do the basics well. If we do the basics well and if we're consistent and we get 90% of our job right, we'll, we'll do okay. We'll do okay. So, you know, and like I said, we, when we first come in, it was, well, let's look at what we're doing. Let's try and improve, you know, 10 things by 1% by little small increments rather than trying to improve one thing by 10 um, so it's 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 really cheesy saying, but what's going to give you enough bang for your buck? So is it better that I do X, Y, and Z consistently throughout the season, or do I try and do loads of stuff that I physically don't have the time to do? Um, and then there's no consistency in in you, your approach and your practice. So and then again, every 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 team's different, every club's different. You know, certain things you can do at one club, you might not be able to do at the other. And, and everything you know let's say you have a change of manager um, so it's just about being consistent and try and do what's going to give you the, the, the biggest impact in the, in the short time that you actually get because ultimately when you think of it the time you actually get to work with a player is very very short really and how much of a, a player's time is actually controlled over not controlled so what can you do in that in that scenario to, to give you like I say the be- biggest impact that's not going to cause you as much issue in a sense of being pulled left right and centre and keep things consistent because ultimately players are creatures of habit they like consistency they do they like to know when you know what they're doing when they're doing and, and ultimately why they're doing it 
And if you can't explain why you're doing it, are you doing it because you've seen Liverpool do it and it's not ultimately affecting practice and that's affecting your own practice, then then why are you doing it? You know, it's got there's got to be a method in what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take you into Dreamland now, Jam. So if we remove any barriers of money, facilities, time, anything like that, what would be one thing that you'd change tomorrow? I think it'd be the staffing. I think certainly to have an extra pair of hands um, and sort of an extra body to help, just to give it a bit more quality because, you know, when you were dealing with a squad of 20, 22 players and only one of you, it can become quite stretched and maybe there's some certain times when you'd like to spend a little bit more time with one player working on something but you're being pulled left, right and centre. So I think I think sort of more, um, maybe an extra body and potentially, you know, the sort of facilities and what we actually have. Like I said, I know like Carrington's really good in from the outside but in, in a sense of gym equipment, we've not got masses. Again, we've got enough to do the basics. We're just, just fortunate enough we which we, we've done this year is we've built good relationships with good good people in a sense of companies. So like, you know, the Village Hotel, Applied Nutrition, um, things like that um, to try and help us a little bit more because, you know, we've not even got a Watt bike, for example. So, you know, anything anything Watt bike wise or session wise we want to do, you know, you have to, you have to go to the village. We're fortunate we've got bikes. But when you compare that to maybe... Um, I'm only saying it because he's, he's a friend, but, you know, like the guys at Carlisle, their tasks are even harder. So, you know, um, so it'd probably be an extra pair of hands and probably a little bit more equipment to try and push it push it on a little bit more. You just mentioned about relationships there and you've, you've said about it with sort of suppliers, but also you mentioned it a lot with the gaffer. Now, what What's your approach to that and, and what would your advice be to coaches? Because we've had it time and time again on the podcast, people saying about being, building relationships and the importance of it. We've had some great advice, but what would your advice be on it? Build them. You, you've got... You're not Superman. You can't do everything, all right? You might think you can come in and recreate the wheel, change the world, and, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You can't do it on your own. You really can't. So it is about building relationships. Um, you're in a fortunate environment if you're in a club that people do want to work with clubs. They do. Um, so build them. And 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 I put some out the other day and about obviously like friendships and, and and speaking to people. And I think again, I'm I'm poking myself really really quite harsh here, but you don't have all the answers. You don't. You don't know everything. And the minute that you think you know everything, you might as well just pack it in. You, you really might, you know. Um, I'm fortunate enough that, you know, when we're looking at full-time years, it'll be my 10th year coming up and I still don't have all the answers. So you need people around you, you know, like a sound, um, someone that you can bounce ideas off because you come so tunnel visioned within your own environment that, you do need to speak to other people and having a good sort of, and this doesn't have to be, you know, a, a squad of 20 people that you speak to, but a couple of, you know, three, four people I've got, you know, sort of two, three, four sort of people that I always run ideas through. Um, and as they know who they are and I'm, I'm not really going to mention them, but because I don't have all the answers, you know, I need other people to help me because I'm not fortunate enough where I can, a, a club like Berryway can go and get everything you need, you know? So it might be a case of, um, 
you know, trying to get a company to help me and say, listen, we'll give you a bit of social media. You know, <clears throat> my social media is quite active in a sense of what we do. And generally, it's not because to, to broadcast me, <clears throat> you know, it's generally to broadcast them. You know, I, I do, I put a lot of tweets about applied nutrition and sort of things that um, that we've done. That's not to make myself look any better. Um, it's just to broadcast them because at the end of the day, they're helping us with, with some things they're doing. So we've got to give it back. It can't just be a take, take, take from a company point of view. And, and like I said, speak to people. Because, you know, everyone's got good ideas. And if I'm honest, most people, certainly in like League One and Two, are probably doing similar things because you are that limited in, in what you're doing. Um, so, so so run ideas through and share your ideas. Don't be so scared of thinking, oh, I've got to keep this to myself. I, You know, if someone wanted to ask me, what do you do? Talk me through everything you do. I'd quite happily tell them because at the end of the day, I'm not, you know, I don't want to keep all my ideas to myself because I haven't got all the answers. You know, there's probably 85% of people that do probably a better job than I do. But that still doesn't mean I would, you know, I would, I'd still share my ideas and go, well, we do this, we do that. Um, and, and, and it's about learning. And that's the only way you're going to learn is by sharing and speaking to people. I, I get it when you get like into Premier League and, like I said, that, that is your marginal games. But from the majority of people, it's just about sharing. Because we're all trying to do the same job at the end of the day. The only thing that stops you doing your job generally is your resources and, and sort of how you're limited. But yeah, certainly just speak to people and run ideas. Don't be so scared of, of saying what you do and, and sharing them ideas because in the long run, it's only going to help you. You know, and at the end of the day, what do the best coaches do? Take each other's sessions, spin them up and make them your own. So I think that's the power of social media as well. And, and you use your accounts really well in that fact that you do you are pushing other people and you're showing the work rather than some people just seem to, like like you said, they use it for themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think that is the power of it. And and it is a good and a bad thing at the same time, isn't it? Because some people can boost their own ego by sharing things. But if you do use it right and you use it in the right way, it's a great way of building your network and, and sharing ideas. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And it's about sharing ideas. And yeah, I get, you know, some people do do it for the, their own gains. And, you know, I, I'm completely fine with that. That's, that's completely up to theirs. But at the end of the day, when you use it correctly, then it, the like you say, the power of it, you can learn so much. But then it's also filtering through the good and filtering through the bad also. It's, a, like I say, it's a, can be at times a grey area as well. Yeah. Now I'm going to draw on your uh, experience from university now, mate. So let's let's dig deep into some valuable advice for students. So students coming out of university, fresh from university, wanting to step into a championship, a Premier League club, maybe being, even being promised that in some situations. That doesn't happen, does it? And and where can they go? What's the best things they can do in that situation? You got more chance of bagging up fog. If I'm perfectly honest, um, uh, this is one thing I, 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 I don't get it, and, I, and I'm probably going to sound really old now, and I'm going to be brutal. On, or certainly on this topic, because I've I've been in both sides of it. I've been a student, I've been a, a lecturer at a university, and I've also been a practitioner. And if you're, what's going to get you ultimately? What's going to get you a job? 
Like you, you could look and you can you ask the students all the time and, and they go, well, yeah, my, you know, my, my degree, yeah, that, of course that will do. Um, my level of degree, will, in my opinion, and this is this is only my opinion, I don't care if you've got a two-one or a first. It, that doesn't bother me. A first, for me, and I'm going to sound really bad academically now, but a first doesn't tell me you can do the job. A first tells me you can study. You know, not enough students want to get themselves out there. Like I say, they think they're going to walk into this straight into United, straight into City, straight into Everton. You know, they, and, and this is probably 85% of students. I'm, I'm not saying it's all students because it's not. But not enough want to get themselves out there. At uh, You know, even when you're at uni, you know, there's, there's so many clubs you could go into that are just crying out. If, if we're crying out for a pair of hands at our level, imagine what they're like at... A Chorley, you know, or a, a Curzon Ashton, or a, you know, even if you need like Welsh Premier things like that, Conference North Conference, go and learn. You go and learn while you're at uni there, because that's where you can make your mistakes. You know, because sometimes it's more about your delivery of it rather than actually what you know. And you know, using these smaller clubs to gain experience is vital because if you've got that, if you've got a season at let's say. Surely, on, on your CV, and you've done a full year, and then you go up against. Because bear in mind, you know that the university cohorts are getting bigger and bigger now. So potentially, when I think of our third year cohort at, at Bolton, there's, there's 40 students there, all coming out with the same degree, have done the same modules. Yeah, you, you end, you know, your grade might be different. You've got to make yourself different. And, and at the end of the day, having a BSc, um, when you leave isn't going to get you a job. You could write a BSc or a post-it note. You know, at the end of the day, no one's going to take you off, off the back of that. So you've got to make yourself different. You've got to show willing and you've got to show you can do the job. If, you know, if you've done a season at Chorley, that tells me, and people might completely disagree with me on this point, but that shows me you're committed. You might not know the job, but you can do the job to a certain level that where a club has kept you on for a season. And it's also showed, you know what, you want this. You're not just going to do your degree and think, right, here we go, I've made it. I'm going to walk straight into a big club on me on 45 grand a year, which I've never, ever been on and never, ever near been on it. Um, I've made it when it's about building that CV. It, it really is. And, and, and showing willing and that you want to learn because that's when you can make mistakes. But if you were a new grad walking out and you've never done anything and you're first, you get right. So let's say you come in as a sports scientist, right, go and take them. And generally, it's one of the first things you get asked to do is go and do a warm-up. If you've not done a warm-up and you get put in front of 22 pros, if you've not done it before, you've not had that experience at a non-league where there's a little bit of banter and, and things like that, and they sort of test you a little bit, then you'll crumble. You'll crumble, and then the players won't trust you, and it, and it sort of snowballs on from there. So, there's you know, obviously, university numbers are up, so you've got to make yourself different. You have, and and sometimes having end of the day, you know, clinically, you can work on anyone, but it's them softer skills, you know, that personality, that 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 delivery of how you deliver information. Understand that well, not every player is the same. I might need to deliver things differently and put things across differently with that player to get the same out outcome output or you know end goal, and and ultimately them softer skills are what you need to develop. And it, it sounds bad, and I'm, I'm I'm cringing a little bit now when I say when I'm going to say this. But you know, one of the first things I'd look for is you know, could I go for a beer with you? 
Because if I couldn't go for a beer, how could I, you know, go away for pre-season for a week and work with you 24 hours a day? You know, so sometimes qualifications and don't wrong, everyone needs it. You do need it. And I'm not saying you don't. But them softer skills sometimes are what get you that that extra extra push and also making yourself different, you know, because you've got to stand out in what is turning out to be a ruthless and quite hectic market, you know. At the end of the day, you know, I'll, I'll always say it, I, like I said, if I've not got all the answers, I'm two foot tall, do you know what I mean? So from a presence point of view, uh, you know, I've not got that presence, but I can deliver. And I've only done that through learning them softer skills rather than trying to throw everything at players, you know, and, and giving them all the, well, the book says this, the book says that. Sometimes the book doesn't work. And and I think students sometimes are a bit too um, research heavy. said, well, the research says this and the book says that. Well, that that's fine. And I get that. And ultimately, research needs to underpin everything. But when you're saying about that bit of research or the book says this, is that being able to put in context with the group of players you've got? And that may be from, you know, a delivery of it, the actual, where that research was saying, well, this technique would work. But if that technique's been worked on, let's say, college students who exercise once a week, it's a little bit different from your, you know, your elite professional footballer. And if you know what I mean when I, when I, when I come at this angle. So sometimes be a bit more um, sort of, a pragmatist approach of it and, and don't go too book heavy as well at the same time because you know yourself a lot of players will switch off to that so it's it's finding the right way your softer skills your personality and ultimately your attitude and application you know you can sort of tell when students, certain students come in that they're not right for this environment because it is ruthless it is cutthroat and you know then players can be can be ruthless and it's a sink or swim and if you've not had that exposure previously a lower league or a lower level then you're struggling even before you've got going and ultimately your first lesson never start it doesn't start until your first day at work it doesn't you know like you could say universities do prepare people they do but maybe not to the end extreme of, of what they need to be so to get to that that end point of what universities miss out for the student the student's got to go out there and get that experience because that's going to make the difference to them in the long run you're in good company there as well, mate, because that's exactly what Mike Boyle said on his podcast. He said about um, being able to go for a beer with a coach and that's the way that he'd build the relationships, everything else in terms of knowledge and application can sort of be built after that. But the soft skills are so important. And I think it's it's also a case for students to, like you said, put yourselves out there, but get get used to being uncomfortable. Like you'll be in a situation where, you are uncomfortable. You get put in front of a group of players and told to do the warm-up and it's not nice. Like the first few aren't nice. But then the more you do it, like you've not got to position you're in from not being uncomfortable in certain situations. And I'm sure it happens time and time again now, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. And then, you know, one thing I think I can do is I don't take myself too seriously. I can laugh at myself. Like I said, I'm two foot tall. So every single dwarf joke comes out. You know, there's not one that, that I've not done. It's quite funny that I can actually recycle the same jokes on one of the players, Dom Telford. So, you know, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Laugh at yourself and and don't think, you know, be relaxed but professional in your delivery. Don't be too serious because, you know, when as soon as lads see weakness or see a little angle where they can maybe come at, 
you know, they dive on it because it is a ruthless environment. Um, and almost sometimes take a step back. You know, I, I was fortunate enough when I came back to Spain, I knew, I knew a few of the players and I've worked with a few of the players previously. But certainly when you go into a club, don't try and batter everything at once. Don't try and show everything you can do at that first session or, you know, within that first day. Take a step back and sometimes um, uh, uh, taking that step back and just taking an over, overview of everything and looking at things can then stand you in good stead go, going forward. And, and, and Illy, Keith Illy used to always say, a wise man once said nothing, you know, and, and, and I think that's one of the best advices, uh, you know, I've ever been given and just take stock of everything and don't try and do everything in, in, in one day or one week. So as well to me, you've got to... Um, you've got to build relationships with them players um, and also without them players and without getting the, the buy-in from the players, you, you goosed. You goosed. Yeah, that's quality advice, mate. Where's, um, if anyone's got any questions, which I'm sure they will have, where's the best place they can reach out to you? Uh, just on Twitter's fine. Obviously, like I said, I am quite active. Um, I may add it's not to, to build my own profile. Then um, <laughs> just, yeah, they can just, just tweet me and, and things like that. Awesome. No, that's quality, mate. There's some top information in there, John, and some great advice, like practical advice that people can go away straight away and implement. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on. No worries. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And I wish you all the best for next season, mate, as well. Double promotion, yeah? Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'll take a mid-table finish now if someone offered it, man. <laughs> no, top man, and we'll uh, catch up soon. Cheers, Ben. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Big thank you to John for coming on the podcast. It was great to speak to him. We had to delay the podcast a little bit because he was caught up in the post-season celebrations, which I think is fair enough after the great season that they've had. So it was great to chat to him and see the approach they took after relegation the season before, which led to a promotion this season, which has been amazing. So to all the staff over at Berry, massive congratulations. I can see the hard work that they put in. If you want to go and follow John, he's on Twitter at John, which is J-O-N, Lucas, L-U-C-A-S, and then 25. So go and have a look at his work. He's also over on Instagram, so go and check him out. Some of the biggest takeaways for me were when he said they just went back to basics. So after the season, after the relegation, they sat down, he went back to basics and set up the plan for the following season. He then underlined the relation the importance of the relationships with the manager and how that how his style of play sort of ran throughout the club and then how that affected John's role so I think that was really good to hear that and then also when he spoke about the players need to know the what the when and the why for everything they're doing and that that gets the buy-in from the players um, and that was really important information and something coaches need to take on board we do have some information coming very soon and I'm hoping it's going to be the podcast after this one um, in terms of the net, our net, next network meetings. We do have the next few confirmed now and some, some top quality facilities, um, venues that we're going to be going visiting all around the country and some amazing speakers as well. So please keep an eye out for that. And like I say, next week, I hope to bring you at least one of um, the meeting location, time and dates. Um, so I'm looking forward to putting that out to everyone. And we want to see as many of you guys there as possible. We do have a few across the country as well. So hopefully we can reach as many coaches as possible. Please, as always, subscribe to the podcast. 
Um, we're on iTunes and Spotify now, so please um, subscribe to the podcast and also share it. We've had, like I say, last week was amazing in terms of the amount of people that got in touch, but also shared the show with Darren. So please keep doing it, keep spreading the word. Let's get across to as or get out to as many practitioners as possible. Um, the reach is getting bigger, but I really do appreciate all your shares and comments and, um, fe- and, and feedback that you send over to us. So please keep it coming. Massive thank you again for listening and I'll speak to you again next week.